Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Did you know that each week we publish a lot of content? Sign up to our weekly email so you never miss out. Go to heavydutypartsreport.com and sign up today. Fifth wheels, kingpins, coupling products, landing gears, axles, and suspension systems. This is the world our guest works in every day. And the company he works for is a leading global commercial vehicle supplier and the largest independent listed manufacturer of chassis-related systems and components for trailers in North America and trucks and buses in Europe. I'm excited to introduce you to Carl Mesker, VP of Sales and Service at SAF Holland. Carl, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Thank you, Jamie. I'm uh, honored to be here, so thank you for the invite. Well, I'm happy to have you here, and I'm looking forward to talking to you about uh, the company that you represent and the great products that you manufacture. Now, as we've already talked about in the intro, this is a global company. It's headquartered in Germany, but in North America, you're very well known for trailer components and suspension systems. How do you see SAF Holland being able to increase market share in axles and suspension systems going forward? Well, Jamie, that's a very good question. We ask ourselves every day here at SAF Holland, but it is through product and it's through product development that we gain some market share. A lot of folks don't realize uh, how large SAF Holland is in the axle, trailer axle and disc brake. They're the largest in Europe. So that technology, that expertise that they have there, we're bringing this to the, to the North American market. And through that technology is where it will grow. Uh, people have been building uh, trailer axles and suspensions here for decades upon decades, and they're very good at it. And if I had to compete with them head on head on the exact same product, we probably wouldn't get very far. But with the new technology and the world changing, it does open up the opportunity for uh, some new players, new technology, new plan, new manufacturing process. We're hoping this will be our key into the, that side of the market to grow some business. And it makes a lot of sense to me with your global footprint. Like, for example, like the, the European impact of just understanding disc brakes, the adoption of that technology was ahead of the North American adoption of it. So I can see how there would definitely be some opportunity there to take that experience that you've gained and be able to apply it to the North American market. And and I guess combining that with the really experienced people you already have here in North America. It it was almost fit in so well. It was a whole already created by the market as, as things have been transitioning, uh, it fell into place for us. So uh, made some great strides on the air disc brake side of it. We have other technology that we haven't even begun to bring over yet. Uh, We have uh, electric brake regenerative axle. We have an electric driven axle. So there's quite a bit of technology that we still have uh, on the trailer axle side that we haven't even brought to the the North American market yet. When the timing's right, we will be here. So we've got got a few contacts and some things started, but... uh, 
not ready yet. Right. Well, I mean, this is a moving target for sure. One thing that I've noticed as I've watched uh, heavy equipment start to change is this um, focus on innovation and, and weight reduction. So how does that play into your strategy? Tell us a little bit about your products and, and what you've done in that area over the last few years. Yeah. So this is a very interesting topic that you bring up, uh, Jamie. So the weight reduction has always been a as part of the transportation as well as uh, wheels that are round, right? So <laughs> we're the only suspension builder that's using uh, 80 tensile strength steel for most of our products. So it's a more it's a stronger steel, but you can use less of it. So we save weight all the way around with that product. It's a, an investment for us on our side. But the development of aluminum, we're the only aluminum fifth wheel supplier out there. So it really comes down to how can you get the material to do what you need it to do. And this is key for us. So a few years ago, we started to experiment with even carbon fiber axles. We've used quite a few different types of material. And that that innovation side is still going on, some of which I can't share with you, but it's still going on. And, and you'll see the weight and the performance based off of the material that's used. There's only so far of a limit that you can bring a hunk of steel or a piece of aluminum, things that we're familiar with. But the composite side of the market, this is something that's entirely new. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see what our uh, advanced engineering group is coming up with. It's very fun, put it this way. Yeah, that, that sounds like it would be very exciting to be able to just kind of unleash that innovative side of the business and say, what can you come up with? How can we do this better? And then to be able to see some of these prototypes go into production and eventually become standard in the industry. It must be a real enjoyable part of, of working for SAF Holland. Yeah, you know, the, it's, uh, it is enjoyable, but really what's what I find most thrilling about it is the things you don't expect you're going to learn, right? So when you start to apply these things and you you discover where low rating, low ratings go, where no one even expected it to be, this is the fun part, of it, right? You learn something totally new that you didn't expect. Yeah, and you you don't know what you don't know until you know it. <laughs> so once you know it, then you have an opportunity to to do something with that information. So that sounds good. A large portion of your products are being equipped as original equipment. What does SAF Holland do to support the aftermarket once this equipment is being repaired and serviced, you know, a few years after the vehicles have been manufactured? It actually starts the day it's manufactured. It seems like every time we put a product out there, the day after it hits the road, somebody bent something and they need a replacement part. So it starts really early on. But how we build upon that is uh, understanding how much of the product we put into the market. This is uh, really key. We have the wear rate technology, right? That way to determine how fast this stuff will wear. We understand that from experience. We understand that from the FEMA calculations that we do. So by knowing how much you put into the market and you know the wear rate, you can really accurately predict what the aftermarket needs are going to be even five years out by month. Five years out is usually how far out we go. And uh, it's generally not too much of a mystery. I say that as we stumble about getting raw material to fill all those needs, but nonetheless, we can project it out pretty well. So that's where it starts. And then on the aftermarket side, Jamie, it's all about availability. It has to be on the shelf. In conjunction, as the product goes through its maturity life cycle, you can't just stop offering the aftermarket as soon as you've stopped selling it on the OEM side. There becomes this long transition, this long tail of of, uh, slowly reducing the availability we generally start with the most expensive, heaviest parts first, you know, so the biggest component part we obsolete first. And then as we get down to the smaller parts, we tail it out. Uh, parts that wear out, uh, shocks, bushings, 
I never want to tell a man you have to throw your truck away because I don't make a shock absorber anymore. So that stuff lasts forever. Right. Just maybe give us a little bit of of what it's like working at a company like this. So as you were explaining that, I was wondering to myself, like passing a football from the OEM, like once the OEM has done engineering and they've gone into production, okay, that part's done. And do they like hand the football to the aftermarket or is it more of a team effort that's happening concurrently all the time? There's actually several handoffs, all right, even from product innovation that we were talking about, product development. So that whole team works on it and they do the product development side. They, they get it to a manufacturable state and that hands off to manufacturing. Then it goes into the OEM side. And as soon as it gets to the OEM side, the collaboration between the aftermarket and the OEM side starts, right? From okay. day one, that collaboration has to be there. And then as the OEM side finishes that model or they are done selling it on the OEM side, then it completely becomes the aftermarket's responsibility to manage this sounds rough, but to manage the death of that product line, because everything has a life cycle. And until it's uh, finally finished being offered all the way around, it's usually the aftermarket has to manage that. So. When I was uh, working for a distributor and I was selling heavy duty parts as a sales account manager, one of the things I love to do, which is actually where the heavy duty parts report came from, because I love bringing manufacturers out and going into the field and working with them. And so when I decided to create the heavy duty parts report, that was really just an extension of that work I did in the field in the past. The thing that I enjoyed the most was when the manufacturer representatives were able to get feedback from the field. What happens with that information when they get back to their home office? Well, uh, so depending on the information, it's either going to go to the, the service team or to the engineering team or to manufacturing. But as soon as it gets back in the business, we Divide it off to which section it needs to go. And by the way, being a manufacturer's rep and being on those trips, that information you learn is so valuable. And it's really the fun part of it, right? It's nothing more exciting than actually seeing your product in use, seeing maybe even issues that might be happening. But you get that data back, you bring it back to the company, and it shoots out into all the different uh, areas that need to be addressing it. And uh, how they address it, how fast they address it, it changes upon what that issue is. I'll even sit down when our CSRs were here. They haven't been here since March, right? Obviously for COVID, but even when our service uh, reps were here and our customer service reps were taking phone calls, it was not about every three months I would sit down, put on a headset and just listen to what the conversation was. And in about 45 minutes, I would have three pages full of notes of things that we need to do and things we need to fix and take me months and months to get that done. And then we're off again to the, to the next I just wanted to take a brief moment to let you know that I've been working with forward-thinking, heavy-duty companies as a business consultant, creating great content, helping sales use digital tools more effectively, and developing business growth strategies are the most common projects that I'm involved in. If you would like to work with me, go to heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant. That's heavydutypartsreport.com slash consultant to learn more. I also work as a brand ambassador for great brands like Diesel Parts. Diesel Parts is a aftermarket parts cross-reference and lookup tool that makes it easier to identify parts than ever before. Go to parts.diesellaptops.com to create your free account. That's parts.diesellaptops.com. All right, let's get back to the interview. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we have been speaking with Carl Mesker, Vice President of Sales and Service at SAF Holland. Carl, how is the emerging safety technology, which includes, of course, collision and rollover avoidance systems on trucks, changed the way you manufacture trailer suspension? 
So the uh, the actual suspension itself has not structurally has not changed dramatically. What has changed is what do we measure, right? Where can we put sensors that mean something, and where do those sensors report to? It's really taken a, a most uh, impact on the brake and the wheel end, temperature wheel end, uh, brake wear. Those are the things where most of that focus is going at the moment. There are places in a suspension where you can strategically put sensors to indicate load, uh, dynamic load, uh, lateral load, right? So if somebody takes a corner too fast or curbs, right, impact loads, and that's coming, right? It's just a matter of time. What we're discovering over the process of working with fleets is to learn what data do they really need and when do they need it. It is quite possible to totally bury a fleet with more information than they could ever know. And while they're buried looking for all this information and going through it, they didn't get to the part where it said a tire was going flat. That's pretty important. I need to know that fast. So it's a matter of understanding what is important and when is it important to get it in front of those fleets. So it's more of a, uh, it's a development of that sensor and measurement technology in conjunction with the fleets as to how do we get this data in their hands to improve their lives and, and make more reliable product. Usable data. That's, that's really the name of the game. And, and we see the complexity of, of commercial vehicles kind of exponentially increasing over the last few years. I stepped away from the industry for a few years when I started my contracting business. That was in 2009. And then I sold it in 2016, got back into heavy duty. Really at that point, after treatment was the big change, right? But since 2016, oh my goodness, like every aspect of a commercial truck seems to be touched by something to do with like the internet of things and data. And it's, it's incredible the, the rate of change that we're experiencing. It is absolutely incredible. And it's pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, so we have all this data. Well, the fleet managers can't manage it all. But if they incorporated AI, artificial intelligence, to analyze the data for them, now suddenly they have a different mix. Now it's doing the analysis and it only tells them what they need to know when they need to know it. So uh, we are just burgeoning on this, just beginning to work with AI and the data. And we haven't even collected all the data yet. And we're already trying to figure out where, how do we manage it at the fleet end and how do we gain some real value for our fleet customers? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you've already shared a lot about SAF Holland, but is there something maybe that we don't know about SAF Holland that we should? Speaking to the North American market, right? We are the largest air disc brake axle manufacturer uh, in uh, in Europe and have had a long-standing uh, relationship with air. We have a new president as of a year ago for the Americas. And I don't know how many people know that, Kent Jones. He's doing a wonderful job with the organization and really driving some good change. Our e-commerce site is, uh, for those who don't know about it, is, uh, I think, the best e-commerce site that we've had. We're still developing it. It's about two-thirds done. Uh, but people can work with what the two-thirds is, is out there already. They can already use it, and I found it very uh, user-friendly. Other things that they don't, uh, the world may not know about is some of our fifth-wheel technology. You know, ELITE is a product line that we have. You can hook up to your trailer, and we always struggled with getting a real estate in the dash of the truck to indicate that that fifth wheel is hooked or not hooked, and uh, the ELITE lights up now. We don't worry about the dash. It lights up the fifth wheel. If you mishook the fifth wheel, the entire bottom of the fifth wheel lights up red. So it's not, it's very obvious something is wrong. And if it's okay, it lights up lights on the jaw. So when the guy has to get him back and do the inspection on the jaws, he can see it. So those kind of things that we're developing with the fleets integrated into the fleets. This is, uh, this might people might not realize how much integration we're, we're developing. 
Right. Because you think of a manufacturer, well, they sell through their distribution. But the reality is, is you're really working in lockstep with the distribution to talk to the fleets directly because they're the ones that have to use your product. The distributions are partners, right? We have no access to that fleet through the distribute without distribution. We don't sell fleets direct. We work with them. We call on them. We talk with them, but we don't sell to them direct. Our our commercial contact through them is with the distributor. And uh, those those distributors are an invaluable partner to us at SAF Holland and always will be. So we have some questions from our audience that I wanted to ask you. So first, we have a question from Bill at Billcrest Contracting. Now, this is an independent repair shop. They service a number of uh, fleets that work in the oil field in Alberta, Canada. Bill says that SAF Holland makes products which are top quality, but service tools for the New Way series suspension is hard to find. My tool supplier doesn't have the correct tools, so where should I go to get those tools? Uh, you know, this is a really good question here uh, because um, I think what he's talking about is the bushing tool, the bushing removal tool. It's about the only thing that's special about this uh, R80Z, which is probably what he's running if he's in the oil fields. It may might be running the AD, but also the same. Those the tools that are special for that is the bushing tool. We we manufacture those, uh, have them available in stock. So maybe you should go to a SF Holland distributor rather than a tool guy. You would think to go to a tool guy, but uh, a distributor should be able to have it. We normally keep a lot of these things on stock on about any day. I got about 50 or 100 in my warehouse in Cincinnati. Canada is probably where he'll go through, has probably a half a dozen or so on the shelf. But we keep those tool removal, bushing, bushing tool removals available and uh, right through the SAF Holland distributor. That'd be his best bet. I used to sell parts to Bill, so uh, I know that there's a parade of salesmen into his shop every week. I know with COVID, it's a little different, but uh, he still has access to lots of sales reps from distribution and dealerships. So just ask your sales guys, hey, are you a distributor for SAF Hall? And if they are, they can order the part for or the tool for him. So that's great. He'll be very happy to hear that. Our next question comes from Derek at Dash Mechanical, another independent repair shop. Now, Derek's been having a problem. He says the 351 3500 series fifth wheels tend to crack in the gussets under the wheel on a tri-drive truck pulling a tridum trailer. And he's a little confused at what could be causing this because he's trying to do preventative maintenance for his customers that he's servicing. Yeah. So depending upon where the crack is will tell us a lot about where we might need to look for the problem. But let's just uh, let's just try to cover some big generalities. Try drive. So the very first thing I would ask is uh, we do a, a little uh, research on the weight he's calling. calling. So try drive could probably be pretty heavy. 35 is good up to 115,000 pounds uh, highway use. And if he's under that, then we're fine, right? But uh, tri-drive could get over that amount in total. That's 115,000 total vehicle weight. So it could be maybe we need to go to a, a next up fifth wheel, which is a 70,000 pound rated fifth wheel, FW70. But if that is not the weight rating, then the second place I would look is not the fifth wheel at all, but I would look at the upper cupper of the trailer. What a lot of folks don't understand is many problems come from the trailer as much as the fifth wheel when we have an interface problem like this, because the upper coupler of the trailer is very difficult to see that superstructure. And if it's rusted or corroded away, the weight distribution can be all directed into one corner or to one side. You don't even really see it because you have the plate and you can't see past the plate. You almost have to open up the top of that fifth wheel uh, trailer on top of that uh, upper coupler and take a look at what those cross members look like. 
it would be very easy to see that they're too corroded to hold any weight. But generally, that's the next place I would look, right? Is the upper coupler solid and sound and able to distribute the weight evenly? Well, if both of those two things uh, are fine, then uh, then we need to have some somebody from our service team probably needs to go take a look what's going on. Because where it cracks tells us a lot about what the problem was. Okay. Well, that's a great answer. And that uh, gives Derek a couple of things to check. And then he can contact your service department if there is still a problem. Okay, our last question comes from a parts manager at TruckPro who wishes to stay anonymous. Their question is, the Binkley fifth wheel has been obsoleted. Is there a suggested replacement? Uh, the Binkley, the old Binkley fifth wheel. So um... I, I will say, even though this, this manager wants to stay uh, anonymous, I will say that I know that he's got 50 years experience in the business. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And so there are some folks who manufacture, our competitors who manufacture a light duty fifth wheel. We call it the, uh, the gooseneck wheel. And unfortunately, I'd probably have to recommend one. He has to go to one of them. We offer nothing in that uh, weight range. That's not one of the market segments that we've decided to continue with. It was a really tough decision. That was a good little product. And we made it for years. We probably put way more money into it than what we ever should have. I'm sure we never made a profit at selling one of them, but it was just one of those good little products that we've had around for a long time. Uh, when we did decide to discontinue it, we actually took it to a few people and said, do you want to take over this product line? And we would just turn the sales over to them. All of them did the same math that we did and said, geez, we can't make any money with this product. So unfortunately, they had to come to its untimely end. Yeah, so there's a company called Pacific Rim. There's another one called Bulldog. Unfortunately, that's probably the the only two that I can think of right off the top of my head where you might be able to go. Not a very good thing to recommend a competitive, but we just don't have a product to send. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Never had a problem with that. You know, at the end of the day, every company needs to know where they're going to provide the most value to the industry, right? And so there's nothing wrong with uh, saying, no, look, we've, we've got to put our energy here because it's going to have a far greater impact and let somebody else worry about something like that. So that to me is no problem at all. Just as a way of closing our conversation, if there's one thing you want to leave people, because remember, they often remember what we say last. What's that one thing you'd like to leave our audience with, Carl? SAF Holland is a quality product and a quality company coming from some quality people. I work with some of the best people in the industry here. I'm proud to work with them. I enjoy it. And uh, they're a good team and they make a good product. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Carl Mesker, Vice President of Sales and Service at SAF Holland. To learn more, you can go to the show notes of this episode. I've included a special link for you that'll take you directly to their parts on demand section of their website that Carl was talking about earlier. Carl, thank you so much for being on the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Thank you, Jamie. It's been a great, uh, great opportunity and uh, an honor. Really, so appreciate it. Did you know that on Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain, 12 Eastern, we broadcast live interviews that you can participate in? Tune in on LinkedIn, YouTube, or Facebook. Learn more at heavydutypartsreport.com slash live. That's heavydutypartsreport.com slash live. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and... Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. 
Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.